This is Novel Marketing. I'm Thomas Humstadt Jr., and with me is James L. Rubart, who is back from the dead. He, the I plague am. did not take him. He's, his voice is back. And for those of you who are new to the show within the last uh, couple of weeks, James is a best-selling author. He's a Christie award-winning novelist and a marketing guru. So he's, he's the whole package. He, he, when we talk about becoming best-selling authors, he's actually done it already, and now uh, he is sharing his wisdom with us. So Jim, it's James, it's great to have you back on the show. It's good to be here. Uh, and this is the show for novelists who want to become best-selling authors. And in this episode, we're going to talk about making money. That's right. This uh, I hear the cheers. I hear yeah. the cheers out there. <laughs> this a lot of authors are frustrated because they're not really making any money. They want to be professional authors. They want to quit their day job, but you've got to sell books. And normally, we talk about how to sell more books. But there's another side of making more money. We talked about this a little bit in a few episodes ago, but this actually comes this topic comes from a listener question from a guy named an author named Ben Kreis. Uh, who is the author of the book Backpack Time Machine. And his question is, I am not a hobbyist. I want to make a career out of my writing. Do I have to write novels to do that? Or are there other forms of writing I can use to make money? So when we're saying this episode is about making money, we mean this episode is a show about making money with your writing. That's right. Sometimes we have a Q&A extravaganza where we answer multiple questions in one episode. Sometimes we dedicate a whole episode to one question. But for you, Ben, we are dedicating a series of episodes to your question because the answer is, oh, yes, uh, a whole lot yes. There are a lot of ways uh, to make money. And the key to being a career author, and so that's what this series is called, How to Become a Career Author, uh, is to... Uh, think like a business, which is uh, tip number one. There's part one, think like a business. And if you start thinking career, if you start thinking business, you may find yourself able to quit your day job sooner rather than later. Let's just talk a little bit of reality real quick. And that is a lot of novelists wish they could make 100% of their income from writing novels. And it's just not reality, but this will make you feel better. If you go back 100 years uh, up until the present time, on average, 2% of novelists will make their money only from their novels. The rest make money other places as well. And this includes best-selling authors. You said, well, Faulkner, he was you know, a full-time novelist. No, he wasn't. And so it's okay to say, all right, I'm going to make some of my money from writing novels, but I'm going to make some of my money from doing other writing activities. So if you think of yourself like an artist, you're going to starve like an artist. And I know a <laughs> right. lot of authors are like, but I'm an author. It's, you know, it's about the art. I'm an artiste. And you, if you want to be a professional, you have to die to that because that's amateur thinking. That's, what, that's how amateurs think. That's not how professionals think. Professionals get up and write every day or the, in some consistent way, whether they feel like it or not, because it's a job. And they treat it like a job and they treat it like a business and they deal with the business side of things or they hire people who can deal with the business side of things. So I know that's not what you want to hear necessarily. You want to hear that you just, you know, print out your manuscript, put it in an envelope, mail it to a publisher, and they mail you back a big fat check, and then you spend some time in the Bahamas, and then you write your next book in the Bahamas. And That's not the real world. You know, that's fantasy world. And so we're here to be, you know, harbingers of the real world. But the good news but is... If you well, embrace the world yeah. as it is, there's ways to make money. <laughs> well, well, and that's the thing. I guess the question is, would you rather make money writing or would you rather make a little bit of money writing novels and the rest of your money working at Starbucks or wherever else? The good news is you can still use your skill 
uh, to make money. All right. So the tip uh, number one that we're going to be talking about is to think like a business. And so the important thing here is to realize that you are a business. So we're going to go through a quick exercise, and I want you to follow along at home or in the gym or in the car. I want you to say your name and then say incorporated. So, Jim? All right. I'll give it a shot. James L. Rubart in in you can say it incorporated there you go <laughs> thomas umstead jr incorporated you are a business the name of your business is your name and your book is one of your products it's just one of your products and we'll talk about that in a moment but once you realize that you're a business and a book is one of your products there is a whole world of opportunities that open up and a whole world of training frankly because all of the marketing books in the store are now specifically relevant to you business person and uh, who's selling a product. Real quick, I was working with an author the other day, and they have a new book coming out. And they said, well, I'm excited because we're putting up this website about the book. I said, no, 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 no. That's just one product. That's not what your website's dedicated dedicated to. Your website is dedicated to you. And underneath that umbrella, you have one product, which is books. And as Thomas hinted at, there are so many ancillary products and ancillary courses that you can develop that – we just have to remind remind you, you are the brand. You are the business. That's right. And this is even more important nowadays because of this thing that's happened called the indie revolution, which has meant that individual books make less money and there's a whole lot of other ways to make money. Um, Jim, you're you're a traditionally published author. Can you tell us anything about this? Have you experienced this at all? <laughs> I have experienced this. For example, I make money on writing back cover copy for other authors. I make money speaking, uh, speaking on writing at writing conferences, speaking on branding at, at writing conferences. I am in the process of developing ancillary products. I have two friends who are New York Times bestselling authors, and at this point, they are developing courses, e-courses, on how to write. So that should tell you that Everyone is doing this. But you're a best-selling author. I thought best-selling <laughs> authors are supposed to be rich. So That's true. I am. I have to confess, I am making 90 cents a book. So. <laughs> All right. So let's get, let's get into the tips here. Uh, I, I hope we've scared you enough to listen to the rest of this episode. So the uh, number one tip that I want uh, to give you here is to delegate. One of the keys to being a business is hiring uh, people and delegating everything you can. There's a quote that my dad drilled into my head. He's a successful businessman. And he says, only do what only you can do, delegate the rest. So let's imagine you have a side job that's supplementing your writing income where you edit books. So you're editing and you charge $30 an hour just to pick a number. And there's somebody uh, at your church who's unemployed, who's looking for work, and they're willing to clean your house for $20 an hour. Should you hire them? Now, if you're thinking like an artist, you're like, no, that's $20 I could save by cleaning my own house. But if you're thinking like a business, you're like, no, I absolutely want to hire them because if I work for an hour cleaning, uh, editing this book, I make $30, I pay them $20, I have the benefit of my clean house, but I also have an additional $10. But what's more than that, you've now created a job for somebody who can't do what only you can do. And so not only are you benefiting yourself, you're benefiting the other person, and you're benefiting the economy. So delegate. Do it for America. <laughs> and the other thing about that that's important is the more you work at your job, 
the better you will get at it. So you have the intangible element of you become more of an expert, therefore more valuable, therefore you end up being able to charge more money. That's exactly right. And an action like editing will make you a better author because it's it's related. And so you're getting you're getting skill points for that, uh, so to speak. A great book to help you do this uh, is The 4-Hour Workweek. If you're wanting help on finding ways of delegating your life, it, it's a book about this guy who radically delegated. He was working 80 hours a week, and he delegated to work down to 20, and then he delegated 80% of his work again to work down to 4, and it's how he did that. So I don't necessarily recommend doing everything in that book, but it's a great example of ways to do this. Okay, Thomas, let's uh, talk about very specific areas that an author needs to delegate. All right, so here's the team, the dream team. And if you're just getting started, you may not be able to afford all of these folks. You may have to do some bartering or you know, get your spouse to fill in. But uh, we'll go through these briefly, and then we'll zoom in on a few of them. A writing assistant, an editor, even if the best authors in the world need an editor, a literary manager a webmaster, investors, an agent, and a CPA. So let's talk about a writing assistant. Jim, what is a writing assistant? A writing assistant is somebody that can come alongside you and often handle a lot of the little detail things that need to be done, but it's not the best use of your time to do it. Now, a lot of people will say, well, how do I pay for somebody like that? One of the ways to pay is what Thomas just said. You can barter because there's a lot of people that are going, I would love to learn how to write. I would love to learn the skill of fiction. And I don't just want to take a course. I want some one-on-one help. So you can offer that if you have time. That's that's one that's a time element. Yes, and, and where you are on the writing journey affects this. It may be where you want to be somebody else's assistant, and you're able to learn under them You know the art of you know you become an apprentice, so to speak, and there's some benefits there. You may be able to barter that. Uh, the second is an editor. We did a whole episode on this. We'll have a link to it in the show notes. The short version is you are not the exception. You need an editor, period. <laughs> <laughs> there are no exceptions to this rule <laughs> there are no exceptions and even if there were you're not that exception <laughs> um, uh, next we have literary manager Thomas what is that how would you describe it and how do you go about getting one so literary manager is for authors who are farther along their journey who've got you know a dozen or more books in their backlist and they're responsible for marketing your past books kind of helping control your schedule coordinating speaking events and and appearances kind of handling the logistics of your life so that you can do what only you can do which is write the book so it's kind of like a band manager but for an author and for a more established author this can be incredibly helpful to have somebody kind of managing their life so to speak in politics we call this a handler you know it's the person who goes along with the politician and you know manages their schedule and you know interrupts people if they're talking too long and kind of helps protect that uh, person's time Next, we have webmaster. That's fairly self-explanatory, but you really need somebody that is running your website, overseeing your website, making those changes, updating the plugins and all this kind of thing. And in a lot of people will say, I'm, I'm pretty good at code. I, I can do my own website. And I would say, go back to what Thomas said earlier. Is there anyone else that can do that other than you? Well, yes, there's hundreds and thousands of people. In fact, Thomas, here's a guy that built his first website at 15. So one of the most tech savvy guys I know. And yet, Thomas, I don't think you even manage your own website. Yeah, I, I have. Well, I have the benefit of having a team of technical people around me, but I have them do a lot of the work when it comes to maintenance and uh, building of the website because 
I don't have time for that. <laughs> um, and they do, and and they're very good at it. And that's this is the other thing. As you delegate, you know, instead of being kind of good at a million different things, you're able to be excellent at one thing, and then have other people who are excellent at those other million things, and suddenly surrounded by excellence, and that excellence is what leads to success. Uh, the next thing is investors. So the easiest, well, perhaps not the easiest, the most traditional way to get investors in your book, to fund your book, is to go with a traditional publisher. What traditional publishers are, from a business perspective, is they're venture capitalists. They provide the capital, the credibility, and the connections that you need to publish a book. And so they typically spend fifteen dollars to $25,000 on your book, and in return they get the majority of the profits, but you don't have to go out of pocket to make your book happen. In the new world of indie and internet, there's another way to get investors, and that's to use crowdfunding sites like Kickstarter or Indiegogo to have your future readers invest in your book by pre-ordering copies. And uh, I've worked with authors to do this. It's a very easy way to raise thousands of dollars. I did it for my own book, and we raised $10,000 on Kickstarter to make uh, Courtship and Crisis possible. Uh, and so I didn't have to go out of pocket to hire top-level editors and um, copy editors and cover designers and all of the things that we needed even printing the books all of that was covered with the pre-orders next you need to think about getting an agent and a lot of you are indie authors so you're saying why do i need an agent i the role of agent is changing it used to be they did the contract they really worked only in traditional publishing but now just as the role of authors is changing from a combination of hybrid traditional and soul indie, the role of agents is changing as well. And so you have a lot of agents coming along and helping out with um, parts of an author's career that they would not have helped out before. And whether they pay you pay them that on a project fee or a retainer fee or some other kind of uh, some other kind of way of compensating them, a good agent will become that coach not just for traditional publishing, but for your whole career. Yeah, and and I will say, if you're wanting to go traditional, it's not an option. I have seen very large publishing companies completely take advantage of authors without agents because there's no punishment. Whereas when you have an agent, it's kind of like being a part of a union. You have collective bargaining in a sense. And so I would never touch, personally, a traditional publisher without an agent, even a small one where I was friends with them. I'd still get an agent. And some people think, and again, this is thinking like an artist rather than thinking like a business. Oh, but that's 15%. I could make 15% more if I didn't have an agent. No, that's not business thinking. Because uh, 85% of a watermelon is a whole lot more fruit than 100% of a grape. And so you're, it's not a fixed amount of pie. The agent can negotiate a larger amount of money for you and keep you from getting taken advantage of. They pay for themselves. That's why professional authors have agents. Uh, finally, as a CPA, we did a whole episode uh, about this. Uh, there's a lot of tax advantages to being an author, and we interviewed a CPA on the show. You can listen to it. It's episode 59. That CPA happens to be uh, my father, who's been working with celebrities and authors for 35 years, longer than I've been alive. He's been uh, doing uh, accounting, and um, he's very, very savvy. I encourage you to listen to episode 59 uh, because there's a lot of ways to save money, even if you're not making money yet. Um, but again, I'm not a CPA, but you can listen to a real CPA on that episode. And, and we but, also, he play, but he plays one on TV, and yeah. if you got that reference, you're uh, <laughs> you're older than Thomas. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I've only heard people referencing that. I don't ever know what the actual original one 
thing that's being referenced. Anyway, um, we also have a webinar where we uh, interview him uh, that you can buy on Author Media. It's, a, it's one of our most popular webinars. In fact, we recently just did it, and it's very well received. Okay, so those are, that's the team. Before we leave, we need to talk about being a business. Now, we did a little bit of a bait and switch, and I, I need to disclose something. When you said earlier your name and then the phrase incorporated, legally you are now a business in the eyes of the federal government <laughs> you have created something called a sole proprietorship you congratulations did it. you did it <laughs> yeah uh sorry if we ambushed you but it's for your own good although really you were already a business as soon as you started conducting business-like activities so you don't have if you for those of you who are listening who are from america and we know people listen around the world but in america you don't have to do anything to start a business all you have to do is conduct business you don't have to file with the government uh, there does come a time when it's beneficial to file with the government. I want to talk about that briefly. So the first step is to conduct business-like activity. And so you can say that working on your book is research and development for your business, and that can be credible. For details, again, listen to the webinar, listen to my interview with my dad. The second step is to get a separate bank account. And I would recommend doing this pretty much right away. And this separate bank account keeps track of the money you're spending on your craft. So if you have to buy a new computer, or you buy some software, or you buy some coaching or webinar, or you go to a conference, travel, all of those things come out of that bank account you've created. And then the money, you put your own money in it to invest essentially into your own business. And all of the expenditures from that bank account are tax deductible. So uh, which you can count against your day job, which hopefully you haven't quit your day job. And so you're able to uh, count against your day job's income with some of the quote unquote losses from the first few years of your business. And the benefit of having a separate bank account is that it makes it so much easier at the end of the year to know what was business and what was personal. Because most bank accounts will give you a debit card. So what I do when I'm, you know, shopping somewhere, if it's a business purchase, I hand them the business card. If it's personal purchase i hand them the personal card and everything's nice and clean and separate plus Uh, psychologically having that separate will will actually allow you to take your business more seriously that's right Uh, the next step as you're starting to get some income especially as you start to hire some of these folks uh, is to form an actual business entity and i recommend an llc as a business owner Uh, i have created an llc author media is an part of Castle Media Group LLC, which is the parent corporation that I own. And um, it's the most flexible form of business because LLCs can be taxed as a sole proprietorship, an S corporation, a C corporation, a a partnership, um, and they can change from every every once in a while how they're taxed. And so if you're not quite sure what you're turning into, what kind of business you're building, it's the most flexible business to create. And unpaid pitch Best place to form an LLC is the website LegalZoom.com. I've used lawyers, and I've used LegalZoom.com, and believe it or not, I prefer LegalZoom's contracts over the lawyer-made contracts, not to mention the ones on LegalZoom were way cheaper. (laughs) So, um, yeah, they really should pay us to endorse them, but I think it's $99 to create an LLC through LegalZoom plus the filing fee with your company. Also, I formed I formed my LLC for a lot more than that with a lawyer, so <laughs> I, I would agree with Thomas yeah. on that. So uh, finally, I'm just going to say this, but we don't have time to talk about it, but that is to create a budget. Um, so sitting down with a piece of paper and figuring out how much money you want to spend on your writing, on developing your craft. So if you're just getting started, I know we have listeners that are on all ranges of the spectrum, but if you're just getting started, you want to... Uh, 
invest in you at the beginning because remember you are a business and so your best asset initially is your skill as a writer so you're investing in coaching you're investing in books the best investment in terms of training on a dollar per information nugget is to buy a book I'm, I'm shocked how many authors are like too cheap to buy books on writing and i'm like how how are you expecting other people to pay money for your book if you're not willing to pay money for other people's books, books that will help you make more money by being a better writer? And I say this is not having a dog in the hunt. I don't have any books on, on writing that are available. I have some e-books uh, on the website, but that's uh, not really what I'm talking about. But you go to Barnes & Noble, you go to Amazon. There's some amazing books on craft, on marketing, on platform. Buy those books, read those books, invest in you, and then create a budget on how much you're spending. Start to try to figure out how much you can make and um, that will help you act like a business business and think like a business which is the first step to becoming a career writer all right thomas i have one idea before we close on how money people can make money to pay for all those craft books you're talking about here's the way it works get my book table my book table is a WordPress plugin that you can put on your site. And essentially what it is, it's an affiliate link. So you can send people to Amazon to buy your book and also other people's books. You don't have to have a bunch of your own books out to make this work. You can put links to books you recommend. And they go to Amazon, they buy the book, plus a big screen TV, and you get a small commission. So it, it really – and it's self-working. Once you buy it, plug it in, you leave it alone, and it makes money for you, which I love. So if you want to find out more, go to mybooktable.com and be sure you plug in the code Novel Marketing because you instantly get – 10% off the product. And uh, our featured review, iTunes review, is from J.L. Lakes, who says, Such a good podcast. Uh, glad to have come across. Keep up the good work, uh, Thomas and James. And thank you, J.L. Lakes. Uh, if you like your review, and uh, feel free to mention your book title uh, in the review and your name, and we'll feature that as well. And here's the deal. It doesn't even have to be a positive review. You can leave us a negative review. We're, we're, we're big boys. We can take it. <laughs> We'd love to hear uh, what you have to say. You've been listening to James L. Rubart and Thomas Umstead Jr. on the Novel Marketing Podcast, giving you novel ideas on how to promote yourself and your writing offline, online, and everywhere in between. Thanks for listening.